Good morning, and welcome to Pay It Forward's Help Yourself by Helping Others podcast. Today, our podcast is going to be about an exciting topic, because who doesn't like to eat? <laughs> and that is fresh, yummy food. Mm. So moving on to our first slide, we're going to define what is fresh, yummy food? It sounds kind of self-explanatory, but Alan, do you want to talk a little bit about what we think is fresh, yummy food? Oh, definitely. Uh, basically, I enjoy food since I was born. So I, I think uh, Sherry is correct. Everybody likes uh, to eat somehow, but uh, society has evolved. So it's not just about hunting and then eating raw meat anymore. So now there are many uh, ways to get the satisfaction. Uh, and also you can have your cake and eat it too. So literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell, what about you? How do yeah, you think um, food? Over the last decade or so, um, we've been doing researching and looking at other ways for wellness and having a healthy living. And I think a few years ago, we tried to figure out a way to combine all the things that we talked about. And Alan, you're the one that came up with the term fresh, yummy foods. Um, and, you know, we started a social media page with it and it caught some traction. And it just seems to be a, a term that people relate to quickly and understand or at least perceive exactly what we're talking about. Um, but it true. would be good to explain to people exactly what it means. Right. It can be very subjective. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, Alan, you eat a lot of things that I don't eat. Um, but I think fresh, yummy food in general just means you want food that hopefully is, you know, not bad for you, that has got some nutritional value, but you don't want it to be boring. You want it to be exciting and uh, fresh and maybe have high quality ingredients, but it's still delicious. So uh, fresh yummy food does emphasize, you know, having nutritional value, but also, you know, having great taste, aroma, and making the whole uh, food experience enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So I think that would, I think is a good overview of what fresh yummy food is all about. And uh, as Mitchell mentioned, you know, we have been talking about uh, fresh yummy food for some time and promoting uh, it. And here are some examples of what we would consider fresh yummy food. You know, colorful fruit platters, stir fried vegetables with, you know, nice spices and proteins, homemade soups with vegetables and herbs. Uh, there are a lot of choices, but these are just some uh, quick overview of what we would consider fresh, yummy food examples uh, to give our audience an idea of where uh, we're coming from with the concept of fresh, yummy food. Mm -hmm. And if we go to our next slide, Mitchell, uh, do you want to mention, you talked about how we've been talking about this for a long time, and we do have a Facebook page. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the whole point of us doing this is really to help people who, who try mm -hmm. to eat healthy but they feel like the only way to do so is to have a bland diet. Um, almost to the point, as you, you mentioned, Sherry, that where people, you start on a diet and then after a while you get away from it because you, you have a taste or craving for something else. Um, fresh yummy food idea is that, it, you know, things are flavorful and it expands your palate. So you can enjoy things that are good for you. 
Right. Uh, it's sustainable. Yeah. yeah. This page is just a way to kind of bring those ideas and people together. And does have to be boring. A lot of people, if they eat like uh, the same thing over and over again, it become boring. So now we introduce some uh, like a fun part, social part. And so you yeah. enjoy looking forward to something instead of like a grind, just having something very unappetizing, but then still you have to suffer. Exactly. And so we would encourage our audience to uh, follow uh, the Fresh Yummy Food Facebook page. You can see uh, as of a couple of weeks ago, we had 610 followers. So, you know, join the community. We share recipes. We share information about food. Um, for instance, uh, it looks like this post was from Memorial Day when we talked about barbecue and um it's an article about the history. So, you know, it's always uh, fresh content, fresh, yummy content uh, on the Facebook page. So we hope you will follow us on the page. Um, and then our next slide as an alternative, and just to kind of give the other viewpoint of, of the antithesis of what I guess uh, fresh would be is processed food. Um, Alan, can you tell uh, us what processed food is? Yeah, because with the industrialization, the last 50 years, uh, we can do things that people cannot do back like 50, 100 years ago. So, for example, food grown in South America now can find its way around the world. Um, and in order to do that, uh, the companies have to do something. Otherwise, um, it may not survive the shipping or the packaging or so so the process can be variety of things to make it uh make a business sense you know in terms of balancing what could be done and balance how can it be delivered make it more affordable and still uh, distribute much further away uh, than the local in the old days the, the local uh consumers mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I read recently uh, that um, the the person who started Campbell Soup uh, was the person who um, was uh, started with canning. I think he was one of the first people uh, to do canned foods, and then he got in a, co a competition with Heinz, and Heinz uh, began. Um, uh, processing food and putting it in cans. And the whole idea was to um, improve uh, shelf life. And um, by, but by doing so, they had to alter, you know, the food in some ways. And that's what process means, altering the food um, and to make it so that it will last longer on the shelf. Um, and, but it also means they've, you know, added sugars or added artificial additives or preservatives. And oftentimes they've stripped the food of its natural uh, benefits mm -hmm. uh, in the refining process. Yeah. You know, and, and to add a little bit more history to it, all this started around the same time. Like you said, Campbell's Soup, Heinz, Hershey, they all lived in the same era. And part of the reason we had that boom is because we changed, as a country at least, we change the way we, we start eating when cities start being built and factories start coming along. People moved out of the country into the city. When you were in the country, you ate what you grew in your backyard for dinner and then you had the leftovers for breakfast. <laughs> this was American life. 
This is life in general for most people. Um, when we start making cities, then where you know you couldn't have meat transferred to the farm to the, from the farm to the city very easily without it going bad, and they did go bad, and that's why ketchup became a thing. People were eating spoiled meat, so they were really a race to see how can you process food so you can scale. And we went from localized production to mass production. Um, so it's a double-edged sword. You, some people think processed food is a bad thing, but really it's not possible for everyone to eat certain things without processing it and spreading it around the world. Right. And not all processed food is necessarily bad for you because generally speaking, processed food is categorized into three different levels. So there, you know, foods can go through various um amounts of processing. So sometimes the uh, processing doesn't remove all of the beneficial nutrients that the, that the food has. Um, Alan, can you uh, elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, like she was saying, not all processed meaning bad. You just have to understand the pros and cons. Mm -hmm. So every, uh, even the simplest form if you don't process, maybe bad for you. Sometimes you may have to remove certain toxins naturally happening, you know, so you don't get uh, allergy or something. Mm -hmm. So you just have to understand uh, whatever you are eating, what you are buying or growing or uh, cooking. Um, see uh, whether it will, you can like uh, weigh the pros and cons. So if there are more benefits, you might be okay uh, if the downside is uh, not as severe. But right. uh, generally, you try to avoid highly processed. If if it is more than 50, 80% that are processed, that means something is not meant for your body to enjoy. So just have to be careful about that. Right. Yeah. And you have to be so careful that a lot of highly processed foods that is available in the United States are are they're actually outlawed in other countries and they're not considered food um hmm. the different food standards so you really have to be very very careful with the high processed foods and research deeply you know what you are eating so you're aware of it the, the risks that you take that's true research and reading food labels uh can really help you make those informed decisions and uh, so, as uh, we were just saying, you know, it's important to note that they're not all processed foods are inherently unhealthy, um, but it is advisable to read labels and to make informed choices, as Mitchell was saying, and, you know, prioritizing, if you can, you know, whole, unprocessed or minimally processed food. I mean, that's what's recommended for optimal health. Yeah, then, in general, I think if you follow the season, all, all seasonal available um, food generally are considered to be very uh, nutritious because that's the nature's way. You know, if it's abundance of cucumbers and then you enjoy cucumbers or fruits or whatever it is, it's better than things that are harvested like two years ago, then process it and then store it away. And then obviously it's not as delicious or as uh, healthy compared to things that are very fresh. Mm -hmm. So we discussed what processed foods are and we've been talking about fresh and natural. And we just wanted to mention that those are 
two related concepts, but they do have distinct uh, differences in their meanings. You know, fresh usually refers to, um, as the word says, fresh, like how long between when the food was harvested to when you actually eat it. So they're usually minimally processed uh, or very few preservatives. They maintain most of their natural characteristics. So it's like recently picked uh, fruit and meals that are made from scratch. Whereas natural refers to the composition and the characteristics of the food. And that emphasizes that it's derived from nature um, with no additives. Um, so natural foods are closer to their original state. Um, and examples would be fresh fruit and vegetables. So they do have two distinct meanings, although I think for most of us, they're kind of interchangeable. <laughs> um, but the, the point is they are generally better for you um, than processed foods. Uh -huh. And then uh, in further discussion of natural, as we said, they're minimally processed or undergo minimal uh, alteration. And it, you know, they emphasize whole, unprocessed, unrefined ingredients obtained from nature. Uh, they generally don't have chemicals and substances added to enhance their taste. And then going on to our next slide, it's just a further description about natural foods. Mitchell, do you have anything to add about natural? It's kind of... Well, it's like you said, it comes from nature. Mm -hmm. So you have to keep in mind of what nature it comes from. If that nature doesn't have the right minerals or vitamins in the soil, or if there's pollution or toxins nearby, it's going to be in that natural food. Um, so environmental awareness is also important. If, you, if you're getting natural food from another country, you have to watch out for um, fraud and, you know, people who are, who are using fake food or, or, or partially fake food. Uh, so just to be extra careful. Yes. Or pesticides, if you use pesticides that are illegal or, or dangerous, mm -hmm. that could be bad. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. And part of the counterfeit food is, is people, sometimes they use spray paint. You know, they, they, you know, these, these things are traveling all over the world. So they want to make sure by the time it gets to the grocery store that they look good. Mm -hmm. um, and that itself is a processing that you may not find on the label. That's true. Um, so I guess the idea is then where do you get these natural foods? Where are good choices to get natural foods? Um, I know uh, local farmers markets. Um, being in Florida, we have markets every weekend. So local, local, local sourced, for, you know, uh, produce, even meat. We have cow farms around here are available at farmers markets every weekend. And you don't have to worry as much, you know, about, as Mitchell was saying, you know, toxins and stuff are coming from other countries. In general, these stu this stuff is picked <laughs> that morning and brought to the farmer's market and put on the, on the sh shelf. So that's one way. Um, where are other places uh, that either of you have been to get um, fresh? You know, I think that people should give the local farms and local farm stands an opportunity. You probably drive past them hundreds of times, you know, on the side of the road and not think about stopping, but it's a place where you can actually build a relationship but the farmers, you can, you know, you can do special orders. You can learn about the food. You can tour the farm. You really understand what you're eating when you go into an, a source like that. 
Um, and I think that's the best because you're on their property. They're selling what they grow. You can see their processes. You can talk to the people who actually from start to finish of the food. So that gives you the most educational experience. I think it's going straight to the farm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one uh, difference between this uh, small farmers compared to the big, gigantic multinational company is the small farmer generally, they, they grow with love. That means they are very proud of what, what they're offering. Whereas a big, big company is just run by numbers. They just um, do it in bulk and just go by business only. So that's, that's a big difference. Okay. And, and speaking of love, you can grow stuff yourself. You, mm -hmm. you know, you might not be able to grow enough, you know, for multiple meals, but you can grow stuff to add on the meals, tomatoes, peppers, um, you know, little things where you can kind of freshen up your food. Um, Absolutely. Grow basil, oregano. You can grow herbs, even, mm -hmm. you know, to help enhance your food. But and yeah, a lot of the you know even the big chain supermarkets now have, you know, health food sections, and of course we have the whole food markets and the Trader Joe's and all of those uh, for people who may not be near a farm or um, uh, have that kind of food accessible to them. So there are lots of options for finding fresh and natural food. And I have to say, it is nice when you do have a local farm stand or a local farmer's market. I mean, I'm a Jersey girl. I mean, it's called the Garden State. And uh, there's nothing like a Jersey tomato. <laughs> nothing like it. Or Jersey corn. Both are, you can make a meal out of Jersey corn and tomatoes. You don't need anything else. <laughs> One challenge I've heard from people that grow their own vegetable is sometimes it, they have too much and they can't give away. So maybe hopefully with pay it forward, we can help kind of uh, mix and match. So let's say if you have way too many tomato and then another member have way too many apricot or whatever, then we can work something out so we can trade it rather than just throw it away. That's a good idea. Well, I know one of my neighbors just posted the other day that he had too much basil. <laughs> and did anyone need any basil? Um, uh, and instead, one of uh, my friends sent him a pesto recipe that required a ton of basil. And she said, you're going to use all that up making this recipe. And so wow. that's what he did. <laughs> so it is nice that, you know, there's a community of people. You know, he offered it out. People responded. And um, so, yes, and pay it forward. The Facebook page can operate in the same fashion. People can make connections and, you know, make exchanges, maybe even start a community garden, <laughs> you know. Oh, that would be uh, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, making connections with other like-minded folks is uh, always the best. And so this is an example of some of the, what we just talked about. Uh, actually, the picture on the left is from the Fort Pierce, Florida Farmer's Market. They are there every Saturday. You can buy uh, certified organic by the USDA uh, produce. And we also we have ranchers in the area who sell their meat. Um, and uh, on the right, you see some of the you know, chain stores, but that promote themselves as whole food or natural, you know, be it Sprouts or Trader Joe's. So, but it is still important to read the food labels and, you know, consider locally sourced options. Um, yeah. So. And I think people need to be aware that if they've eaten processed foods most of their life, then they have a 
a processed uh, taste buds. You know, they're used to that taste. So when you taste something organic, and initially you might not like it, you might not think it is as sweet or as mm -hmm. flavorful, but really you're just so used to the process of what it is that um, you have to readjust yourself and, and give it a chance. That's a good point. Yes. And that's why, you know, flavor enhancement is always a good idea, be it with yeah. herbs and spices or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Generally, the highly processed one, they have to, because after the processing, it has some kind of unwanted taste or unwanted uh, situation. So they have to put extra sugar, extra salt, extra um, fat or whatever to uh, to hide whatever the unnecessary um, thing that your, your taste bud will, will reject. But if you, Richard was saying, if you eat naturally stuff, you don't need to hide anything because it's all naturally appetizing. Well, I think what Mitchell was saying is sometimes because we are accustomed in processed food to all those added sugars and all of that, when we go to a natural diet, it tastes kind of bland sometimes, even though, you know, it is it is fresh and it probably does have, you know, a vibrant uh, taste. It's not what you're accustomed to if you're eating processed foods all the time where everything is sugary and sweet and, you know, it's been enhanced. So that's what brings us to this slide. You know, we've talked a lot about fresh, you know, food and uh, natural food, but it has to be yummy. <laughs> it has to be yummy in order to make eating, you know, a balanced diet and a healthy diet sustainable. And so um, we're talking about fresh, high quality ingredients. It also has to be delicious. It also has to be a good experience. It has to make you want to eat it and keep eating food this way. So, uh, you know, a lot of that is just having an open mind and trying things. And like if the salad you make tastes a little blah, you know, hey, throw in some spices, throw in some seeds, throw in some lean protein. You know, they're a way to transform you know, fresh foods into enjoyable meals. Uh -huh. And, you know, and you look at the word fresh to start with, if you can get something fresh and ripe at its mm -hmm. ideal time, then it's naturally sweet. It's naturally flavored. It's in its perfect position. But outside of that, you know, it, it, it you know, it could be too sweet or not sweet enough or too bitter, you know, and you have to adjust it. Um, this is where people have to try harder instead of just giving up. <laughs> you know, they have to find ways to flavor their food to make it enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So as we were saying, how do you make fresh natural food yummy? Well, there's lots of techniques to do that. Alan, do you want to kick us off? Oh, yeah, because I know a lot of people from different countries. So every time when I visit them, they offer me something that I've never seen or tasted before. Like Mitchell was saying in the beginning, there's some resistance. So I've never tried. So it takes time. Some people are brave to adopt. Some people cannot. And also men and women might be different. So some men may like extremely spicy uh, food, but women may not like it. So it just you just have to adapt whatever your taste bud and just try it. You never know. Maybe you'll like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what the commercial used to say, right? <clears throat> Try it, you'll like it. Yeah. Um, another thing is you can you can start cooking more for yourself. Um, but understand that that, that takes patience to cook mm -hmm. 
delicious food. And and sometimes, again, if it's not something is not fresh and ripe, um, it, it, flavors should be complex to be enjoyable. So that means doing layers when you're cooking, and you know, using doing things from scratch, and tasting as you cook, and using the right ingredients. And it takes longer to cook good meals typically. Mm-hmm. So you have to be willing to take that time. Right. You have to be willing to take, yeah, to take the time. But as, you know, as we show here, you know, experiment with flavors, herbs and spices. You can try different cooking techniques, try new recipes, mix and match, you know, get creative. Uh, that would be a good lesson for me because I'm a recipe follower. But get creative. If, you know, you like a certain, throw some in there. See what it tastes like. You know, add texture and crunch. So, you know, your mouth has this fresh explosion in your mouth. So there's lots of ways to make food yummy. And we even have a few more suggestions here on this slide. You know, just even making a creative presentation, you know, what I mean, how many times I mean, I know I've done it like I've been on a cruise or something else and they bring the plate or a a nice restaurant and it looks so beautiful. I take a picture of it (laughs) and just that alone is, you know, appetizing and enticing just because it looks so beautiful. So, you know, you can do that. You can. And we mentioned the local produce and just try various ingredients. And, you know, I know years ago, we used to have a lot of potlucks. I don't know if they do that anymore, but, you know, making food very social is another way um, to, you know, enjoy fresh food by, by enjoying it with other people. So having friends and family and cooking nights and getting your kids involved, you know, hey, let's make a meal together. So there's lots of ways to invigorate your cooking, um, as Mitchell said, it probably is more time consuming, but it will be worth it. Uh, you know, having a family, family meals and, and getting other people involved and, and you know, trying new things. Mm-hmm. So um, the next few slides are kind of uh, science based, if you will. You know, uh, we're not talking about the food in general. <laughs> we're more talking about, you know, what our body needs. And the USDA uh, has a lot of resources uh, on their website. There's also lots of other um, apps and things that are now available nowadays. Um, you know, there's Noom and Weight Watchers and um, My Fitness Pal. And so there are a lot of apps that you can use as resources um, to help you along your journey for healthy eating and eating fresh, yummy food. But we just wanted to bring up the USDA guidelines because, as we mentioned, there's a lot of a lot of information out there. Um, it started with the food pyramid back in the 90s. Um, it was very basic. Um, and but you know, it was what everybody knew, the food pyramid. And on the next slide, you'll see the old one that was first introduced in 1992 was very basic and it didn't really address overall health guidelines. So they did revamp it in 2005 and they included exercise uh, in the pyramid and they broke it out in a, in a healthier fashion, you know, talking about fruits and vegetables. And they even had uh, 12 different calorie intake levels that people could access. So, you know, Mitchell may have a certain calorie level he was trying to uh, achieve. They, you know, they could go on the website and, you know, get recommendations and individualized profile for that. So this is kind of the history of that. But then back in then in 2011, they just did a complete overhaul of the system. 
<laughs> and now it's called My Plate. And uh, they de developed this new graphic, which, you know, they're trying to, you know, make it just real quick and easy that when you look at it, you know, you're supposed to eat, you know, fruits and vegetables for half of your daily meal content. But again, this is just a graphic, you know, to get you uh, kind of thinking in a different fashion. Uh, it's not the end all and be all, right, Mitchell? <laughs> so, and then you'll see they have a lot of resources on that MyPlate page, and they have an app, they have a website. You can even um, get the um, MyPlate on your Amazon Alexa and other uh, devices. So you can go on for dietary guidelines, uh, health index, uh, there's food plans, uh, there's recipes. So we just wanted to mention that this is a resource for people uh, who need to kind of find a way to get started and maybe learn a little bit more about food and nutrition. Mm -hmm. and I, I think, yeah. oh, sorry. I was going to say that it was very important for the people who were children in the 80s and the 90s okay. because they were taught the original, the older food pyramid. And it was ingrained in every day. It was in the cafeteria, you know, for <laughs> years. So when they still think food pyramid, they still visualize the old data. Um, so that's millions of people that probably not even thinking that this exists now that has been updated. So it's good for everyone to kind of visit the site and learn, you know, what is the modern take on what we should be eating. Right. Absolutely. And um, for instance, healthy food, you know, today, as you mentioned, healthy food components are, are very different from what they were when, you know, we were growing up and going to school. Um, and these are just some of the overviews of, you know, a healthy diet should have a lot of fruit and vegetables and whole grains and, you know, fiber we know is good for us. I mean, uh, healthy fats, you know, it, it's there are fats that are good for you. Um, not all fat is bad. Protein is very good for you um, for building your muscles um, and, and carbohydrates are needed also for energy. Um, you both have experimented with different um, eating styles. Um, do you want to share some of that, Alan? Yeah, basically, usually when you are young, you can abuse your body and your body can kind of compensate whatever it is. But as uh, people get older or they have some kind of other challenges, then uh, a proper diet might help uh, overcome whatever's either pain or situation or overweight or any kind of um, unwanted uh, situations. Mm -hmm. So basically, personally, I uh, up until recently, I can abuse, I can eat whatever I like and generally my body can adjust. But as I get older, uh, I need to be careful not to indulge in too many kind of uh, unhealthy eating habits. So, but everybody have their own thing. So it's just a matter of research and try to read out things that, let's say if you have inflammation, maybe eczema, maybe other unwanted side effects, maybe you can try different things and either one by one and see which one caused the inflammation or the whatever unwanted pain. And, and then you can develop on your own plan. Mm -hmm. And Mitchell, you were an athlete, um, I think, and you uh, actually were on, what, what is it called? The uh, uh, 
caveman diet or all yeah, yeah, yeah. you know in sports and and, and weightlifting they teach you um that hey we're animals we're on the back but food is fuel for a lifestyle so if you are lifting weights if you're you know if you're running all the time you're going to need a different balance of protein, fats, and you know carbs and such, depending on what your goal is. If you're not very active, then you probably don't need a lot of extra energy. So therefore, those carbs are going to become dangerous for you. Mm -hmm. So this is the logic, I think, where they changed the food pyramid is that it is an individual diet for everybody, depending on how they live, not just their DNA, but how they live their life on a daily basis, how much they walk, how, much, how active they are, um, period. Reflects what you should take in. Or what levels we should take in. Absolutely. Lifestyle is a huge part of it. I mean, I know even with, uh, you know, like my fitness pal, you know, when I signed up for that, it, you know, it asks you, you know, what your weight is, but also about your lifestyle, how sedentary you are, how much exercise you get, because that all is going to factor in to what your body needs, you know, to have a healthy uh, and balanced nutritional intake. Um, but yes, lifestyle is a, a big, big part of it. And, you know, when you were, um, you know, playing football and, you know, lifting weights and all of that, I think you had a high protein diet, right? Yeah. And, you know, and honestly, you can almost match a diet to almost any lifestyle, mm -hmm. even if you don't move very much at all. You just can't have a lot of this or a lot of that. You know, it's really about fuel for your daily activity. And your yeah. body needs fuel, even if you're just sitting there. All yes. You still need a certain type of fuel, but you can overfill yourself very easily. And that's been a problem in this country, the Western diet in general. Mm -hmm. Very true. So, you know, you say, well, how do I get started? And the MyPlate site can help you get started. Uh, the website is shown on the bottom. It's under resources and consumer resources. Um, and literally, if you go to the website or on the app and you click get started, then they will give you a, almost a personal plan. It will be personalized for you based on your age, your height, your weight, and your physical activity level. So if you're not sure how to get started, this is a great place uh, to begin your journey of healthy eating. So... Um, now we just thought we'd touch on some of the different food groups. Um, meat red, uh, generally is you know, uh, categorized in two categories, red and white. Uh, I'm a big red meat eater, which is <laughs> uh, my preference, uh, which is good for iron and all of that. But, you know, I know it's uh, generally white meat is considered healthier. Do you have an opinion on that, either of you? <laughs> Controversial. Yes. <laughs> you know, you have people that, that, you know, say they're health concerns, say there's not health concerns, um, people who don't want to eat meat, people who only eat meat. I think it goes back to, again, like we said, every individual, you know, knows what their body needs. Mm -hmm. And humans are made to eat pretty much anything that they want. Well, it's not just uh, meat, too, because I have friends that are 100% vegetarian, especially mm. people from uh, maybe India or Middle East. I think maybe the entire tongue is vegetarian. But I noticed uh, there's nothing wrong with 100% vegetarian or 100% meat or variety as long as your body can adjust. So if your body cannot adjust, then you have a problem. So, mm -hmm. Right. So listen to your body is basically it. 
I mean, yeah, you'll know if you're not feeling right or, you know, your gut is not responding properly or you're feeling fatigued, you know, so you have to make sure you do what's right for you. Um, fruit, you know, is now, um, I think we all know, an important part of any diet um, and it's generally considered a healthy choice. Um, it has a lot of great properties. Alan, you're a great fruit eater. <laughs> yeah, basically, I like seasonal fruit. So anything like right now, actually, unfortunately, now there's no such thing as seasonal. Because if you go to a store, if it's not seasonal locally, they import it from another country. So which is good because then whatever you crave general, you can get it mm -hmm. either fresh uh, as a fruit or maybe uh, refrigerated. That means they probably cut it somewhere in other part of the world and then ship it here. And yeah. I, I think that colorful, the better. Yeah, I think that's one of the most amazing things of this time period in history that we uh, collectively, most people around the world can have fresh food, a large selection from of it every single day. Um, that's phenomenal. Um, if you think about it in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. So just well, take advantage of it. Yep. And yeah. you mentioned an abundance. There are people down here with mango trees that are just falling off the tree. There's just so many. <laughs> so yeah. typically, you know, going back in the history, a lot of food is very regional. So if you ate fruit, it was only, you know, once a year and only one type or two types. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now every day you have the wide selection. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's definitely something to enjoy while we can. Right. Yeah, doesn't that picture look appetizing? Look at all that fresh, yes. shiny fruit. <laughs> it looks delicious. <laughs> okay, then we also have vegetables, uh, which always got a bad name. Eat your vegetables, you know, when you were growing up. <laughs> but they are definitely part of a healthy diet, and they and they are there is a way. There are ways to make vegetables uh, appetizing, even for kids. <laughs> And they're packed with a lot of vitamins and minerals. They're good for your gut. They're, you know, um, good for your eyes, even your mental uh, well-being. So they have a lot of benefits. So it's recommended to consume, you know, a lot of veggies. And there's lots of ways to incorporate them into your diet and maximize your nutrient intake. Mm -hmm. And then also nuts and seeds. People may be surprised to learn that those are also good for you, um, especially tree nuts. Um, Alan, do you eat a lot of nuts? Yeah, I like um, all kinds of nuts. I like cashew. I like pecan uh, and anything exotic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's good actually with uh, cold drink. Mm. Um, so, and the reason why nuts are so nutritious is Imagine that the little seed, if we sprout, it grow into something big. So it has to store a lot of nutrient in a small factor, uh, form factor. Mm -hmm. Yep, they're good for your brain, good for your anti-inflammatory, calcium. Yeah, they got a lot of uh, good properties. Yeah. Um, and I don't but also good for, for protein. Yeah. A lot of people don't eat meat, they eat nuts. And mm -hmm. stuff to get the protein from it. So very powerful superfood. Yeah. And for snacking, you know, rather than grab potato chips, maybe grab a handful of nuts. Mm. Yeah. You're going to get a lot more benefit out of it. <laughs> okay. And then we come to fish, mm. um, which um, 
per the statistics, Americans don't eat enough fish uh, based on the dietary guidelines, um, but it's definitely uh, good for your diet, both for your brain and your heart. Um, what, do you eat a lot of fish, Mitchell? Um, I, I try to, but you know, we, we, we address the fish problem we have in this country, a little mm. bit of getting fresh fish and you know where fish come from here and not having a lot of local options. But it is something that where we should be eating um, you know, fish once a week at least. Yeah. And most Americans don't. That's true. Um, yeah. But we should be. We should be getting that. And I do take a supplement for the uh, omega-3 fatty acids, but that's uh, to get it naturally would be best. Yeah. And we've talked about that in a previous podcast um, about uh, indoor fish farming in the U.S., right? And Mitchell, yes. uh, Alan, that's something that we think could help uh, increase U.S. fish production and consumption, correct? Yes. And also, if we can provide like recipes or different creative way to make fish, then maybe gradually increase the fish intake for the U.S. population with USA grown fish. Absolutely. And if people are interested in the fish topic in particular, they can go to USA hyphen fish.com and learn more about uh, fish uh, consumption and production and in particular uh, indoor fish farming. Okay, and then uh, to conclude our discussion on fresh yummy food, we just want to give a quick overview um, that, you know, making mindful and creative approaches can make eating healthy very enjoyable. Um, and we recognize the term fresh yummy food is subjective, but you know, we all have different tastes and preferences, but the key idea is to use fresh quality ingredients to make an enjoyable meal. And some of the ways to do it are shown in those uh, bullet points, um, growing your own food, embracing seasonal and local food, um, uh, slow down, savor your meals. I know I'm guilty of being a fast eater. Um, <laughs> that's very true. And trying different cooking techniques. Uh, Mitchell, do you have anything you'd like to add in conclusion about fresh yummy foods? Um, I just think to talk about people expanding their palate. Mm -hmm. um, how important that is. It's to just try new things, you know, try them a couple times, travel. Um, the more you eat, the more complex your diet becomes, the more minerals and vitamins you can get into your system. So just try new stuff. <laughs> Good. That's very good advice. And I could, I should take your advice. Alan, do you have anything to add? Uh, definitely. Uh, now, again, with the internet, uh, you can probably look for something creative or exotic. Mm. And then you can try it, see if you like it. Or maybe you can invite two or three friends, then each bring like a small potluck. Then, you know, maybe there are four dishes, but maybe you like one or two, and then you don't like the other two, that's fine. Uh, with different uh, gender, different age group, you know, it's bound to be something that somebody might appreciate uh, or offering something that they've never tried before. Yeah, I like that idea about the socialization. I mean, whether it be within your immediate family, you know, just with your kids or with your extended family or just friends or your neighborhood, the idea of making it kind of a communal thing and where everyone brings uh, something even from their own culture. I know in the community where I used to live, they recently had a potluck where everyone brought something 
that they grew up with from their heritage. And it was a huge success. So, you know, trying, as Mitchell said, trying new things um, and just experimenting and being open-minded. Um, and gosh, there's a plethora of resources besides the US uh, site that we mentioned. My goodness, look at all the shows. There's a whole network, the food network, <laughs> you know, uh, a plethora of shows that you can look at and, and get ideas and recipes and guidance, you know, if you're intimidated by cooking. Um, you know, that's a great place to start to watch them and follow along. And then there, you know, you can go online and get an app and, and literally follow along with a recipe. So, mm -hmm. you know, although it might be intimidating, there are thousands of resources that can help you get started. And we hope you do. So that's the end of our uh, discussion today on Fresh Yummy Food. So we just wanted to mention that um, our Help Yourself by Helping Others podcast, we have many, many episodes available um, on Spotify, Google, YouTube, and Dystopia. Um, Alan, do you want to mention some of the topics we've discussed in the past? Uh, yeah, like we mentioned, we have a topic called USA Fish. Uh, that means sourcing uh, responsibly uh, indoor in the United States uh, with control environment. So we have predictable fish that are scalable. So that one is an active program. So you're welcome to uh, search for that episode and then enjoy. Plus we have other topics that Pay Forward has talked about like biomass, like cargo ship, uh, the Jones Act, and you know how to be a good parent and so forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of the topics are um, uh, educational, um, you know, to help dealing with difficult relationships, um, you know, memory loss, things like that. But they're also very interesting and topical. So we would encourage you to check us out. And then these are other ways to support uh, Pay It Forward, Mitchell. Yeah, um, if, you, if you like what we're doing, you want to support us, we're on Patreon. Um, so we appreciate that. You can visit our website at payitforwardonline.org um, or join our Facebook page um, where you can find it at Pay It Forward Online. And also we have a new Facebook community um, that's by the same name, Pay It Forward Community, where like-minded people can talk to each other and help solve problems. Absolutely. And share recipes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but we also do have, as we mentioned at the onset, we also do have a page dedicated just to fresh, yummy food. And that is, um, you know, the discussion on this page is uh, about food and fresh, yummy food and nutrition and recipes and and having a community to discuss, um, you know, being able to reach achieve a fresh, healthy, balanced diet. So you're also welcome to join that page as well. And so that's it for today. Uh, thank you all for uh, joining us and watching. Alan and Mitchell, thank you. thank you. Thank you. Okay. And until next time, keep paying it forward. We'll see you then. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.